What's up, everyone, and welcome to another The Point Forward podcast. This is Justin. I'm here with my co-host, PJ. PJ, what's up? Hey, brother. Sounds like you got a dog with you. Uh, we do. We have two. <laughs> oh, wow. They've, we're having issues if we want to be in or out in the podcast studio this evening. Uh, right now, we're all in. They're in your good graces as of now, anyway. All right, well, we're excited to talk about some more NBA this week. Uh, thank you. Got to give a shout-out to everyone that's been listening so far. We just crossed the 400 download threshold, which is uh, a lot better than what we uh, what we thought we would have been at this the point 10. With, after launching this podcast. So thank were... you again for everyone that's listening. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, thanks. let's get into it, PJ. Yeah, so a lot happened. A lot, a lot happened in the NBA last week, and it's kind of a funny time of season because you're ten games in ish, and there's not a ton of you know playoff implications aren't super high. It's really just keeping an eye on players you've been super hyped in going into the season, and there are a lot of narratives that you want to keep your eye on, and none of those narratives have been more captivating than the Golden State Warriors. So let's just get it out of the way to start, man. Uh, the week. Last this last week started off with a bang with Steph Curry hitting 13 threes against the Pelicans, and I mean Steph is in such a weird place right now with the Warriors being kind of a, a villainous team and really flopping, taking a complete 180 from where they were last year and you know winning 20 plus straight games and getting to the finals. But just did you catch any of the highlights or watch any of the game? Um, I guess the game I watched the most of of them this week i kind of flipped in and out on them but was last night's game against the suns i watched a pretty pretty good amount of of that action and i mean there was some really fun sequences in that game not a ton of you know stellar defense that was played but um yeah they're kind of just in this the discovery phase still you could say uh where they're you're still trying to figure out the right rhythm, right rotations. Uh, I think with them more than anything, you uh, uh, the big glaring thing to me right now is is how do you get Clay involved in this thing a little bit more? Um, they are, uh, I, I mean, obviously, so the Phoenix game being the example, it's kind of that first, and what I kind of think is the, if you had to make a little bl- blueprint of how this thing really gets gets out of hand quickly is if you have Kevin, Steph, and and Clay all all clicking, all shooting, and you kind of have Draymond be the facilitator and he'll love an assist last night. Uh, you know, and I think kind of having him fuel that kind of be the one to step up and sacrifice some shots is uh is kind of the best case scenario for them, and I think he's kind of designed for that role more than anyone else on that team. Right, but I, I agree with you 100% is keeping Clay going, and that's been kind of the big narrative so far. Everyone thought that it was either going to be Draymond or Clay. Obviously, Steph and KD are going to get their shots, being you know MVPs the last three years in the NBA, and just being way too offensively talented, not having the ball in their hands a ton, but. You know, Draymond seems to fit really well just because he does so many things when he doesn't have the ball in his hands, and he's a great distributor. Like you said, he had a bunch of assists last night. But, uh, I mean, this everything 
going on with Clay right now is just pretty ridiculous. I mean, you heard a big story today with Scalabrini saying that he had heard through the grapevine that maybe Steph was available or not Steph Clay was available and uh, I I don't know if he's I'm sure that there wasn't a whole lot of merit to it but the dude started off super cold to start the year uh, he's he shot 44% from three in his last five games he had 30 points last night I just think it's way too early he's gonna be fine Clay's gonna be fine he's gonna fit well with the rest of these guys and he's still averaging almost 19 points this season yeah no and i i don't think it's anything of, of concern and where you're like yeah this is already done but um it's just interesting to see how they've kind of worked and you just see steph i think as of right now it's it's i mean definitely kind of steph and katie's it's steph and katie's team and you see Steph really prioritizing keeping Kevin Durant involved, help getting Kevin Durant looks. And I mean, they're just being the two best players on the team. Obviously, they they are going to dominate the game and the possessions and a lot of the scoring. But is it how can Clay still contribute? How can he be involved in the offense? Because you do need him on the defensive end. Um, I mean, you like to see that if he doesn't have to work as hard on offense. Use that on defense, probably being their best defender um, on the perimeter. So, but yeah, I mean, uh, but one thing of that that came last night more than anything, and if uh, if one vine could get me in on a player and, and bookmarking everything he do, does is uh, Marquise Chris. Uh, if you I don't know if you saw his little little putback he had last night, but. Um, noted dude and uh you're on the radar now uh he was well i mean he's an athletic freak i mean that's why i got drafted where he was and he's gonna be he's gonna be very much so a work in progress for the suns for a while but yeah he's gonna be a good piece man he's unbelievable i mean i just didn't really what he's capable of doing he's like yeah zach levine aaron gordon type athleticism yeah but i mean marky i like didn't really watch him at all on Washington. I mean, saw, you know, just bits and pieces of him, but that was just that put back he had last night. I was like, all right, man, like that's, let's do that. And you get, you noticed, uh, by more than just one. Yeah, the Suns, the, spe- the flipping, this kind of talking about the Suns in that matchup last night. I mean, they put a, they can, are capable of putting up points. They've got guys that can really score the ball. It's just, they just don't seem to have I, I'm not a huge Tyson Chandler fan Alex Lund has never really impressed me a ton and oh. he'll put together really good stretches with them but he's never been that consistently great of an NBA player I don't know I, I mean I think I think I mean the Tyson contract's real bad uh, for his age and everything yeah but. I mean I'm not giving up on the guy or anything I'm just saying that when you talk about modern NBA, want to be able to rim protect, finish around the rim. Um, I don't know. I don't exactly think of Alex Lynn as an enforcer. I guess I, I I'm a, I'm in on Alex Lynn. I, I'm not I'm not as low on him. <clears throat> but yeah, they're they're an interesting bad team. I mean, though. I mean, Devin Booker in that game last night got some. Some good looks in there. I mean, they're 
They've just yeah, got I mean, every, everyone's all over him. He's nineteen, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're yeah. Uh, they uh they're a weird collection of, of talent though. I, I, that's definitely not a a team. It's more a collection bunch of, of assets yep. type of deal. Yeah, that's the word you could say. Sure. I think I think well, the whole point the point guard situation is doesn't make sense. I don't know. I'd like to see Eric Bledsoe with a different team because I like him. I think he does some good things. Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's definitely probably one of one of those options they could they can move. I, I mean, I think they'll just kind of continue to navigate through the draft the next couple of years uh, and actually put together a semblance of a full NBA roster rather than just kind of three different philosophies that have been mixed together in some ways yeah. or another. Yeah, I mean, they're a ways away from being a contender and they playing the Western Conference isn't, you know, doesn't do them any favors, but. And that's all the well, Suns well, will be talking like, there's about been a this lot year. Of, well, there's, there's been a lot of talk about <laughs> potentially Eric Bledsoe going to the Sixers for either Okafor or Nerland's Noel. Do you like that for either team? Like, I think it may, I think it's really good for the Sixers. I mean, they need a point guard. They got to make a move at some point or hope they can draft one. Yeah, I don't know if I like. I mean, Bledsoe would. I mean, we talked last week, last episode, kind of about who that off-ball shooter. I don't know if he said Bledsoe or not in that conversation, but I can't remember either. We uh, shows how detailed of notes we take after each episode, but <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, he'd be like a candidate. Uh, I mean, that's with you seeing Ben Ben Simmons, but. I think it's going to be tough for the Sixers to say, yeah, we're going to make a trade till they get Ben Simmons playing again and kind of know what that look is. It's trade one of those those major assets, one of those major bigs. Major big. Right. Major bigs. All right, so that's uh, that's enough Warriors talk for one pod. Although And all the Suns talk for the year. Yeah, probably for a little while, <laughs> except if Marquise Chris keeps doing great stuff. And, hey, maybe uh, Dragon Bender will come out of the woodwork and put up some points or something. The Dragon Bender. I have pretty low expectations as far as that goes, but we'll see. Um, but, Dragon. yeah, so some other things that happen. <laughs> what? what? Uh, I was going to say, Dragon Bender, the uh, leading gamer tag name in all of the NBA. <laughs> I mean, probably. But, yeah, so – some other pretty awesome things that has happened last week, especially if you're a Timberwolves fan, is uh, with several – well, Zach Levine starter sitting last night and with uh, Shabazz and just overall just having kind of limited guys to go to, Andrew Wiggins put the team on his back and went off for 47. Yes, he, he got did. Got to the line 22 times. He's top 10 in the NBA in scoring. He's averaging over 26 points a game. What was your reaction? I was, I mean, I think that's kind of what they need. And I mean, the, as much as we talked about kind of where Tibbs is going to take this team defensively, they're just not there. Um, but they have had zero problems scoring the basketball thus far this year. So that that's is sure. um, pretty cool. I, uh, I, for Wiggins, I mean, that's kind of, he's got to kind of be that guy. And it's, I mean, we, we talked about that in our the beginning of the year, just 
what's he going to look like? How is that scoring going to develop? And, I mean, he, he's doing it in an array of ways. I mean, but he's being very aggressive around the rim. He's staying in plays. I mean, there's a couple buckets he had last night where it was literally just him. Maybe some luck, but I, I think some of it, too, is just being in the right place, uh, being able to pick up loose balls, you know, some of those sloppier scores. But, I mean, you still have to kind of be in on in on plays to be able to, to take advantage of those those balls falling to you. So, Yeah, he – I think being – I mean, shooting – I mean, I think he's still shooting above 50% from three, and that won't last yeah. all year. But being able to – shoot 40 plus percent from out there gives him so much more room to operate and having cat a guy that could shoot from three he can post up smaller guards to try to defend him in the post and he's just he's just looked really good so far i'm i've been surprised though that he's almost him and levine have almost been the closers for the wolves compared to cat which going into the season with all the hype that cat had you wouldn't think that that would be the case i don't know if that's gonna be a problem he seems to come out really hot, uh, take a lot of take a lot of shots in the first quarter, and then in the second half he tends to really cool down. Carl Anthony Towns, I'm talking about, it's just kind of right, kind of something to keep your eye on, I guess. I don't really know uh, if that's going to be the case all year. If he's if this well, is kind of in Tibbs' plan. I mean, I think you see it with a lot of teams that like that's. I mean, a, a big big cliche of NBA teams is you get the big guy going early and kind of let your shooters and everyone get, get in a rhythm. And I mean, I think that's more of it than anything. It's just that with Wiggins shooting so well, you've got Towns is early, you know, activity is just easy buckets for him. Get the offense going, allows their shooters to get in their rhythm, get a feel for the game. And then when they're, once they strike with the hot hand, they're they're staying on that side of it and and just allowing them to continue to to ride 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 out for the rest of the game. And I mean Wiggins, like you said, shooting that high percentage is a, a big big key to all of that. I mean when that drops off, I think you know, you'll see see things adjust accordingly. But um, I mean the the biggest problem for the Timberwolves right now is just how thin of a bench they've got and. It's that's gonna be their challenge, and I know I, I told you off off air that you know T- Tibbs was gonna really make that bench into something special, but I'm uh, I'm thinking he might need to uh, sign his own free agents. He might not just be able to do it with anyone's garbage. He well, might need to find. Jelica started last night and had his by far his best game of the year. He had twenty two and seven and. If if you can get him to come in and space the floor a little bit, hit a couple threes, and get I mean the big thing is Shabazz is really the wing we need to come in and stagger, either have him in with Levine or Wiggins, and for them to put up some points. Um, you know we have a lot of big guys. Aldridge is fine, uh, and we could always play Dang at the five if they had to. So you're right though. I mean their their bench is kind of. Is going to be a problem, something to watch all year, and that team in general is just up and down, and probably will be all year. It's going to be a frustrating team because they have a lot of talent. They have three guys that could put up thirty points any given night, but they're going to lose on the road to teams like the Brooklyn Nets, and then they're going to blow teams out on the road like the Magic, and they're going to make it look easy. So uh, this week, I think was kind of a good, 
representation of what the season's going to be like. I just hope that by the second half of the season, they're playing with a little more consistency. Absolutely. But, yeah. So some other big things that happened last week. The Sixers got their first win and bead with his first NBA win uh, against the Pacers, who have really struggled lately. And I really haven't been super encouraged by what I've seen out of them, although they did get a W tonight. We're uh, taping this on the 14th on a Monday. But, um, yeah, man, uh, so the, the Sixers finally got a win. Pelicans finally got a win. Cavs got a loss. So no, you know, no one's going eight, no one is going 8-0 oh, and 82 and no one's going 82 and 0. Oh. But you're absolutely right, Ultra. But uh the Hawks <laughs> actually handed the Cavs their first loss and uh they they didn't lose a game last week. They're now 7 and 2. They're tied for second in the West or in the Eastern Conference. Uh you think that's sustainable? I mean possibly. Uh I mean, not necessarily a seven and two clip the rest of the way, but you know, pushing top four in the East. Yeah, I mean, I I think so. It's the East has been weird, and like as far as the the couple couple stand standouts that have showed up, I'm we'll go to when we get to our ball don't lie segment about two of those. But um, I mean, I think it's. It's still definitely the the Cavs conference, and I I think with the, the second and third seed, you're just gonna. I think a big thing is gonna be, and you're seeing it early too. With I mean, I know we were kind of both high on the Pacers, and I mean, kind of looks like the one facet of NBA basketball that you have to look at is the teams that are able to, I guess, stay into a game. Uh, you know, especially right now, I mean, we're getting into these back, back-to-back back game now. You're know, getting two games in two nights. Um, which What teams can kind of sneak out a few extra wins that way as far as either one, you know, when they're playing a team that's coming off a of back-to-back, putting that team away early and, and calling it a night and two. When they're coming off a of back-to-back, maybe not having as high of energy staying in games. Um, and I, I think you're going to kind of see of that those next two teams um them being you know who are those teams going to be and it's a little tough to tell right now i haven't seen anyone that i'm like maybe the raptors i think that's probably the other the one team and they they've proved that last year in the regular season more than anyone sure and and we'll we'll talk more about the raptors and specifically demar Derozan later uh, here in a little bit because they have looked really good and Demar has been nothing short of amazing thus far this season. Uh, and I I've never been a huge Demar guy, but uh, anyway, so some another big big game that was yesterday. Uh, the Magic played in OKC, which yeah, I mean the Magic aren't exactly lighting the world on fire, but Serge Ibaka got to play against his old team and. Like I've never been a huge Serge Ibaka guy, but when you can go against your old team and put up your career high in points and hit a jumper to win the game with less than a second left, I mean, it's pretty sweet. I was I I'm really surprised to see him getting more involved in that offense, but uh, you know, despite Russell Westbrook just going off against them, they got the W. Yeah, I mean, he's just was kind of I mean his. Deterioration, I, I'd almost call it, in, in Oklahoma City was 
pretty wild. Well, I mean, you got, he, you got to see inspired defense from him last night. Yeah, well, and that's a that's a big part of his what like made him a special player for them earlier in his career with Oklahoma State. I mean, he was. I remember them comparing him to like a the neck like a, a poor man's Kevin Garnett, a, a Kevin Garnett type player who could score in the mid range and then just impact games offensively and or defensively as well. Um, but yeah, you kind of have this situation where he needs to be around the basket I think he just slowly and slowly faded farther and farther away from the basket and you know there were times where with Oklahoma City last two seasons you know he was just sitting in the corner while Kevin and and Durant did their well geez Kevin Durant while Westbrook and and Durant (laughs) did their their thing um so I think that's the one part about at least him early on is in Orlando, as he's been able to assert himself inside, he's getting looks, he's getting consistent touches, the ball's moving through him. Um, and just, I mean, with Alfred Payton especially, I think that helps kind of being more of a pass-first point guard, uh, get, you know, creating those looks. But, yeah, I mean, it's always always cool to see see a dude come in, especially on an eye like that when he's, he's going to have a little extra motivation and, and step up and, Especially uh, for him to put away the the game winner on him was pretty pretty crazy. But uh, you know, with that game, uh, I was pretty insane just to see how close Oklahoma City. I mean, that play they ran for Russ to for the little almost tip at the yeah. end was like, yeah. I mean, what else are they gonna do there? Type of thing. I mean, like that was just right. really really bad on Orlando, and I mean. They, I, yeah, I think they really pretty, lucked pretty out. Pretty obvious who they're going to be going to the ball with the ball. Yeah, that play that like situation. Of, I think a, a, there's a 12 year old that would run that in 2K, like that exact <laughs> thing, like right now, and like how Orlando you know. wasn't ready to defend that. Like I don't know. I mean, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I. It'll be interesting to see if Serge is going to stay there or not. I'd like to see him back on a contender, and I don't think the magic are going to be anytime soon right but i mean there's i mean they've even had talk signed. like that's just gonna be highway robbery from okc standpoint if surge leaves and i think he's going to it's just gonna be catastrophic uh, yeah but i mean i could see them to do a little retooling and i mean vucevic i think is a pretty attractive trade piece on their end um that they could dangle in front of some teams that I mean, of their kind of glob of big guys, I mean, he would probably yeah. be the easiest piece to move out because of his cap hit and his. I mean, him just being a pretty big force. I mean, he's a Bulls, Chicago Bulls killer. Uh, every oh, time I, I, I like, play him, I like Fusevic. I mean, he's one of the more offensively talented big men. It's just uh, I don't know how many teams are going to be trying to deal for a guy like him. Oh, I could think of a few, but we we don't. I don't really want to break down magic. Yeah, no, it's not worth it. But stuff. something to think about, I guess. We have to limit our magic and Phoenix Suns talk to under ten minutes for. Hey, a PJ, pod. we're just we're just trying to we're just trying to get hit them all. The league. Just we're hit them all. Cover our bases. Touch them we all. Want, we talk about the you know we talk about the big guns a lot. We got to give some some smaller market teams some love. 
Yeah, we got to give the BB guns, the uh, rocket, the you know, little rock launcher things. Yeah. What, are, what are those called? The you know what I mean? <laughs> I know what you're talking about, but I don't know what they're called. But let's move on, Pete. So some other so surprisingly, um, well, I guess maybe not so surprisingly, but a great part about the NBA is that uh, you can be ten games in and they're all going to be talking about trades that could be happening. Unlike uh, you know, no shade thrown at the nfl but you just don't see blockbuster trades in that league so it's it'll be interesting to see this year that you know the kings are going to be throughout the year at the center of a lot of different trade conversations willie Coy stein boogie rudy gay have all been linked to different uh, potential trades um and willie Coy stein was the new one that came out this past week but boogies seems to gm seem to be becoming more convinced that he's going to be on the move soon so we talked a lot last week about him potentially going to the lakers i don't know if that's going to happen but uh it looks like he may be moving i i did not see any uh i tried my best to get the i know lakers the lakers sports center see what was going to happen there they obviously no one at sports center is listening to our pod yet to steal our great ideas for segments um that's too bad it's okay. Yeah, we'll just have to uh, keep we'll trying. Keep plugging away. But I mean, when they're short on content, I think they're going to learn quickly. Obviously, the point forward's the place to be. Hey, well, I promise that we'll talk about more teams than they do. Oh, <laughs> well. Just saying. Yeah, well, I think we've already beat them in the, uh, the like I said, the Magic and Sun conversation. Yeah, maybe for this entire season. All right, enough th- enough shade thrown at, at ESPN, but uh, I don't know. Do you, did you think it makes sense for the Kings to trade away? I mean, yes. I'm, yes. Willie Colley Stein, you think so? Or oh, Boogie? No, I I didn't care if you were gonna or say. Do I, I no. I was no. I have an opinion on the person that matters in that question that I didn't want you to finish saying because I just wanted to cut to saying that Boogie needs to be off the Kings. I, well, yeah, I can't I take like it anymore. King, I like to see him off the Kings too. <laughs> I can't I take it, it anymore. Makes, it makes perfect sense for them to trade him and get some assets, given the fact that there's like he has been on too many completely dysfunctional with different teams, different coaches. I mean, it's just I'd love. I, can't, I No one would be happier if he was on a different team, PJ, but. Right, and I think I just, part I think of me that's part of me it. thinks that they're just going to hold on to him because they're stupid. Nah. I mean, I at a certain point you have to say, okay, like in, in the course of where we're going, are we going to end up when we're good? Are we going to have Boogie at his best? And it's probably no. And I mean, yeah, you're you're trading him really early on, and but you clearly are just picking at straws as far as what you're trying to do as, as a draft, and I mean. I think for him, it's if anything, it gives the Kings like more opportunities to draft someone. And you know, if they have four draft picks in a draft, they probably pick three really crappy dudes, but they might hit on one because they have no other choice. I mean, a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. Theirs first nut was Boogie. Maybe they can turn that yeah, nut into I, two others. I mean, um, I'm not giving up on Willie Cauley Stein yet because I. I kind of like him actually, but I don't think they've had a great draft pick since him. But he can't develop with Boogie. I mean, you know, I mean, it's like they they get scowled with no, BCR. I mean, them. it's like you're 
you're adding all these pieces that in in a certain point some of these pieces are are staggering the development of others and um i don't think anyone's talking to i mean the rudy gay i i think his value in the the trade market is minimal i mean he's not that attractive of a piece i think to to get at, at this time and i mean so boogie is your golden your golden egg as far as if you really want to try to flip this franchise around at some point and you see it every couple i mean like i feel like there's just a rotation every two two and a half years where there's that next guy who isn't on a great team and there's this always this struggle of uh when do we do this and i'm sure the kings will screw this up but um maybe boogie can just become such a pain to them internally that he helps them out and lets them actually capitalize on uh you know what would be a savvy move and that is to move him now i mean i can also see why you'd want to hold on to like the probably second best center in the the league and try to hopefully get stuff around him but i just i mean they haven't proven it yet and i think they have to be honest with themselves and and give themselves well, a fresh start they're not going to be able to attract free agents there nope. so if they if you can't attract free agents uh, you're going to have to overpay for guys. Uh, Rudy Gay is going to go. You're going to have to – I I don't even know what 15-ish million dollars valued wings are going to be available this upcoming free agency, but uh, probably not enough players that they're going to be in able to contend, even with Boogie, uh, a big reason because they don't have a point guard. I mean, I – I, I hope I hope it happens, man. I talked about it at the beginning of the year. I pretty I think that it will. Um, I think it would be it, it makes Sacramento interesting because even though they have Boogie right now, I don't really think they're interesting because it's the same thing every year. It's Boogie coming out playing really well, Boogie uh, frustration mounting, and eventually trade rumors start. And we're ten games in, and trade rumors are starting. So uh, I hope it happens finally. Uh, yeah, I mean, but, if you, the couple games I've watched them too, it's just like every time he's on there, like they have no one else on that team that can create anything. It's just like, all right, who, dude, a has Gay the ball. Has been okay. I agree with you that he's been he's not a great trade chip because he's on his last year of his deal and he's gonna get paid. I don't think know, he's, he's gonna, gonna get paid, line. dude. You don't think he's gonna make more than fifteen million a year? Uh, Evan Turner's making close to that, man. I don't know if Rudy, Rudy Gay, Gay can fill up. He can fill it up. Yeah, and a bad dude. That's a brother. That's like a bad. That's a, a dude on a bad team. Someone has to score. I mean, like type of deal with him. I, I <laughs> I'm not as high in Rudy Gay. I mean, I think Rudy Gay was kind of a a player of a different generation. I mean, I don't. He's not that great of a shooter to really sustain much i mean i think he's i think he's rate he's almost locked in at i mean like i bet he gets 15 million or between 15 and 18 but i i don't see him getting a 20 yeah but i i mean 18 million 20 million that's that's pretty close man i mean he's look we'll see what he happens what happens over the course of the year he's shooting 41 percent for three right now he's putting up 22 a game and yeah he's on a bad team i get it who knows what he'd fit like on a contender where he's uh probably the third or fourth option versus the second option it's a very valid point but i, I mean i think that given the right situation rudy gay is a good piece that's all i'm saying and uh 
just the way the market went this past season, I think he's going to get it. I think someone will offer the guy twenty million. Yeah, we'll see. I think that, I think it's going to be a bad team, though. <laughs> I don't think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, that's I, a different conversation. True, because I mean, who? What good team is going to have cap room to pay that much, right? Your Timberwolves. Yeah, but they. I don't know if they really need a. They don't really need a small. A Rudy forward. Gay? No, they don't they need don't, a Rudy. They Gay. don't need a Rudy. They don't need scoring. They need a lot of other things. They don't need scoring. Pelicans would. Could well, use they need Rudy. scoring from their bench, and I don't think Rudy Gay is going to come off their bench and be super happy. So. Yeah. Right. 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 But Peach, let's move on to our ball don't lie segment. One of my favorites so far. Getting um, getting the segments in time. I'll let you rant about your boy for a little bit. So, before we, geez, spoiler alert, Ultra. Let me at least set up this segment. So, our we got two ball don't lies this week. Uh, our first one is um, I don't know if I'd call him my boy, but definitely someone that uh was a little probably a little upset we weren't talking about him at the beginning of the year. And that's Demar Derozan of the uh, the team across the, the border. Six. The team across the border. Uh, maybe, maybe could be the. Uh, I mean, if you're in Toronto now, you might want to buy season tickets because uh, there might be a lot of uh, American basketball fans coming up there and taking them all from you. Don't be that nice, Canada. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, hold on but, to your Raptors before they get commandeered by a bunch of Americans. Now that America seems to be freezing over down here. America's new team, the Toronto Raptors. Um, anyway, anywho, um, what I wanted to say about Tamar, um, so obviously he's leading the league right now in scoring. Um, something By I, quite a bit. Uh, Russ is, like, going to be with. I mean, like, Russ is hanging in there with him. Uh but he, he's I'm just saying he's averaging two more points than Russ is. Yeah, but he only has like one more field goal made as of last night, at least. I mean, he's yeah, all right. Uh, but yeah, so but Demar is it's an interesting thing. I mean, him and Kyle have just, I mean, are really hitting their groove. Uh, and it, it's watching the couple games I have of with the Raptors. I mean, he's really scoring in a a multitude of ways. He's not necessarily just kind of i guess getting because i mean one thing with him i was always hesitant was i felt like he'd have to have someone else that could create shots for him uh and, and this year it's that's definitely not the case it wasn't really that last is, year that either that is not the case <laughs> no and i mean he's he's the the raptors as a whole have been a lot more aggressive i think this year and you know the one knock i've kind of always had on them and i mean it, it doesn't really matter in the regular season, but where they struggle in the the playoffs always is that they they do have effective ways to score, and I don't know what it is, and but for whatever reason they'll they'll go away from those at points, and they just they start to settle for shots, and I think it's they get these really easy great looks, but they're they're working to get them, and they're doing the the right things, they're moving the ball, their guys are cutting. And, and it, it goes well, and then all of a sudden they'll, they'll go with a 20-point lead, and it, and it goes away, and it's not because 
the team they're playing has necessarily gone on a run and, and now they're making shots. It's the Raptors just start to let some possessions dribble down their leg and you you see this year at least so far that not being the case and both Kyle and, and Demar have been extremely aggressive. They've they've cut that tone and that, that sense of I don't know if urgency is the right word, but we're gonna use it in this case to just continuously push that ball to continually create looks for not only each other, um, and they do play off each other very well, but for their teammates as well, and to, and to keep that offensive pressure going. And then defensively, I mean, they, they're, they're doing a, a really good job as well. But I think, you know, offensively in him, he's kind of the staple right now. It's, it's sticking out most about just the Raptors. But him in and of itself, it's impressive, and um, – I mean, I don't know your thoughts on this, but I've always kind of attributed some of that to, or when when guys do Team USA and coming off that, I always think, you know, it's, it, there's always that one or two guys that really take a lot away from that experience, and I think Demar this year more than anyone is has been that guy as far as being surrounded by Team USA, obviously competing against all the other top players in the league, you know, and kind of just being around those other guys. I think there's a, there's a really special kind of just osmosis that happens where they're just being around each other and just being the, the competitors there, they're, they're pushing themselves and him coming kind of into the season at probably a little bit of a step ahead of a lot of the other guys in the league. So it's when those dudes catch up, does he still keep this level up? Or is he just kind of the guy that had the Olympic experience and has just been taking a chance to utilize it and kind of was in probably a little bit better game shape to start than maybe some of these other dudes he's playing at this point? Yeah, I I, I don't know if it was the Olympics. I it, pro- it very well could have played a part into why he's playing so well. I think that him having playing on the Olympics with Kyle Lowry, those guys just feed really well off one another. And the Raptors do a really good job of putting DeMar in situations where he has room to operate on the wing where he's most effective because he's not a great three-point shooter. He's shooting less than two a game. He's making about 20% the season. But yet the guy is shooting above 52% from the field and he's averaging 34 points a game. You know, he's doing something right. He's getting to the line 10 times a game. He's being aggressive, yep. but hitting hitting a ton of shots from mid-range. Uh, and the rest of the pieces with that team, like one, they've kept their core intact. Uh, you know, him staying, I think, speaks volumes to what they're trying to build there. You know, it's kind of I kind of compare it to Mike Conley who's staying with the the Grizzlies. I think that Demar and and Lowry want to build something in Toronto, and he has just consistently gotten better. And it's so weird to see a player score like he does that's not named Le- LeBron James, and he's not doing it from the three point line. Like right. it's it's just really it's unique to watch the guy play because he's so athletic too. I mean, the dude just like. He just yeah. posterizes people once a week, and uh, I hope they can keep it up, man. I mean, it's a great, uh, it's a great. Oper- yeah. It puts them in a unique position because the only chance they have at beating the Cavs is if they have someone they can give the ball to in the fourth quarter to get buckets, and it seems like they haven't had that uh, consistently enough. 
Um, and it seemed, I think last year it was more Kyle Lowry in that to fit that mold. And I think this year it's going to be uh, on DeRozan's shoulders. So, so they're going to be a really good regular season team. It'll be interesting to see what the dude does during the playoffs. So the the purpose. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put a little counterpoint here though because, of course, in the ball don't lie segment, we're trying to figure out who's for real and who's 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 not. Who's who are those those fake those fake people out there? So here's who the your Toronto Raptors have played so far this year though: the Pistons, the Cavs, the Nuggets, Wizards, Heat, Kings, Thunder. Hornets, and then they play the Knicks on Saturday. So, could you make the case that perhaps Demar is just eating against some weaker competition outside of probably that the Cleveland game and eh, I pretty much say just the Cleveland game. I mean, do you think that uh, has any factor to his scoring, or do you think this is something we're going to expect for the rest of the year? So, not necessarily the volume. I I think I think we're both kind of saying in some way that maybe this thirty four points is going to come down, but just his offensive dominance though for this team and in comparison, do you think that's sustainable? Yes, I do. Uh, his worst shooting game this season was against Cleveland. Uh, so he had LeBron. Well, they not they're in a good position. They could switch multiple guys off of him, yeah, or onto him throughout the entire game. And he shot twelve of twenty eight. Um, but he still finished with thirty two points. You know they lost that game. They're gonna be um, we'll play them tomorrow. They play them again tomorrow. So that'll be you know something to keep your eye on. They also haven't played. They've played one back to back so far. So they've had pretty good rest. Uh, Talk about played. this back to back though. Remember you were saying that? Golden well, State and yep, or they have Cle- yep. Cleveland tomorrow and Golden State. So we'll see, you know, he's gonna yeah. get work the next two days to get points. So I think we could find out real quick how DeMar is if he's his ball's lying or not. Yeah, check the box score on DeMar DeRozan the next two nights for sure. I mean it's it's a really that's a really good question. That's the toughest back to back you could really face. <laughs> uh but to kind of circling back though, so his his, his worst shooting night was against Cleveland, but the least amount of points he's put up a game this year is 23 points. So the guy's been the model of consistency from a scoring standpoint. I mean, it's, you know, 40, 32, 33, 40. I mean, it's yeah. it, he's scoring in the 30s almost every single night. I think that he's he's going to get his shots and he gets to the free throw line. So it puts him in a really good position to, yeah. to make that impact regardless. And that was just to kind of close out on this, but yeah, I, I think the his ability to get to the line is is a really key part to this, and is I mean any volume score like that's such a important piece to being able to to consistently put up big numbers like this, and I think yeah the fact that he's not just as a hot streak, but he is being aggressive and driving and creating a lot of shots and, and absorbing some contact, I. I think it, it, there's reason to believe that this is the real thing, and I'm definitely interested to see these next couple nights how how Demar fares. For sure, man. So what's the what's the second ball don't lie? So our second ball don't lie. 
Um, actually, a pivotal Friday night matchup of last week was the team that DeMar DeRozan was playing, and that's the uh, Charlotte Hornets that were at least going into that game. They were 6-2. Uh, and two. Now they've lost a few games here. They lost to the Raptors, and they lost to the Cavs, but... Um, do you think the Charlotte Hornets, a team that neither of us, I believe, picked for the playoffs? Um, I don't think so. I, I wasn't. I wasn't high on them. I immediately regretted it afterwards, because um, I I just kind of thought I was probably a little too bullish on some other teams. But um, you know, Kemba dropped forty in that game they played against the Raptors. I didn't get to see them against the Cavs last night, but. Um, yeah, they're now sitting at six and three. What do you What do you think about the uh, old MJ Hornets? Look, I don't, I don't hope anyone gets hurt. Jeez. But this team, this team is in a real. They have always played well when MKG has stayed healthy the last few years because the guy's actually, he's really worked on his jump shot. He gives them a ton of flexibility on the defensive end. He's a wing that they just don't have. You know, Nicholas Batum, I really like. I've always been a Batum fan. He does. He impacts the games and the game in a ton of different ways. But MKG really helps them on both sides of the floor. And he's had a few pretty solid offensive games this year. Um, if he can stay healthy, I do. I do. I mean, I have some. I have some questions about how they're going to be able to. Um, you know, Kemba's only going to be able to do so much. They're not going to be able to rely on him for 40 a night, you know, and not that they have every night. But they're a great, great coach team. Yep. Uh, Kemba Walker's good. I like their starting lineup. They have pretty good depth. Uh, if MKG stays healthy, I could see them being in the middle of the East. Uh, I think if he gets hurt, they're going to be in trouble. It, and that's fair. Um, I think Batum's uh, a bigger factor – for them just is is two way and he's so far this year I think done a pretty pretty good job um continuing kind of where he left off last year uh but I mean too if you look at like Marvin Jones I think is an or oh, Marvin Jones jeez um I'm gonna get names right here we're gonna get start getting names right here more consistently I meant to say <laughs> Marvin Williams well uh, I've messed up so I know. We're we're both we're both reviewing the tape every time and we're trying to get better, you know. Trying to. But um Marvin Williams, I think the last two years for that that was a, a probably a one of the more diamond in the rough type signings and him him being able to be kind of recreate his career and become more of a stretch four for them has really helped. but I mean, yeah, I think they're their bench this year is it's a little different. I think it's it's been catered more towards scoring than uh, maybe when they had Al Jefferson and Courtney Lee kind of had more of that defensive mindset to it. Right. Um, but you know, Bellinelli, Kaminsky, um, having some of those guys come off the, the bench. Um, I kind of yeah. am. I mean, I don't see them. I still see them kind of being. You know, at best, probably the fifth team in the East. I don't know. I think so, too. I think that's pretty um, accurate. I mean, they might drop farther now because um, I mean, if we want to do one RIP, it's to uh, 
the the tall white guy nation. We we suffered a big blow last night after Spencer Hawes had that atrocious missed dunk. Oh jeez, yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, probably good because the uh, you know the, the white man was was probably you know feeling a little too high on themselves and tall white guys. You know, we <laughs> not saying I'm a part of that group, but um, I think it was probably a necessary <laughs> L to take. You know, bring bring back everyone back down to earth and realize you sure. know, we're all just humans. That was that was really. I'm sure that he did it on purpose for that very reason. He's a Hillary supporter, so you know maybe he was. It was his form of protest. Some people. Yeah, he, he's a Hillary guy. I know. I, I, you know, maybe you know, you have other guys that choose not to, to stand. Well, Spencer chose not to rise on that Miss Dunk. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I kind of like the Hornets and that they're they have a lot of really good pieces on their team. They've got a good bench. They have a lot of different lineups they could play around with. Um, They've got just, guys that kind of. I think are almost like the the style they're playing is they're not going to play a different style. So you're going to get if if you can beat that style because they have a lot of uh, redundancies at positions. But what that's sometimes a positive is that you can continue to keep that same style going. And you know if MKG comes out, we well, got Batum and you can you know bring have Bellinelli you know between Marvin Williams, Batum, MKG, those three can kind of rotate in and. And fill that void. You have Bellinelli for shooting, and then you have the rotation of Zeller, Spencer, Frank Kaminsky. Those three guys can kind of all rotate and and give similar contributions and, and can fill similar roles. So uh, from that aspect, it's I think it's kind of it's it is sustainable, um, right? And I think they're gonna probably more than some other teams uh, be able to steal uh, some of those lower scoring affairs i don't, I don't think they're ever gonna be a team that outscores anyone on a given night but right. when teams aren't playing as well or shooting as well i think they're kind of one of those teams that are able to to stick in the stick in those games and, and probably outplay some other teams yeah i would put it this way and this is a good transition to our in and out i'm in on them being a playoff squad i'm out on them being a serious contender in the east that's yeah. how i would put it would you yeah i mean it's uh i mean as of before friday at least i mean they were they were sitting second in the east i mean that's was only through seven games but yeah man i i just mean like when it gets to the playoffs i like their team in the regular season they're gonna win some games um i just don't i don't see them going up against teams like the hawks the roster or the raptors the Cavs and, and having much success. I just don't think they match up against those teams. I don't think they have the superstars that are going to be able to keep up with those quality of players. But, um, but yeah, PJ, like I said, let's move on to our in and outs here, man. So what uh, you lead us off. What are you in and out on for this week? Uh, so my first one being a, a super original in um, something I'm sure no one – could see coming but i'm in on college basketball being back <laughs> finally not finally but just it being back um although i my heart lies with the nba these days uh my origins were developed in college basketball and i still do love college basketball and i think tomorrow night's gonna be kind of the nice a nice kickoff for the season some games start playing already but you got wisconsin creighton duke and 
Kansas, the Michigan State, Kentucky. Um, for that, they'll be playing in MSG tomorrow yeah, night. Man, this, this, the slate's already getting good. Villanova played Purdue tonight. Yep, they Villanova, won a close one. Villanova beat Purdue. Purdue's got a solid squad. I mean, yeah, and I think uh, I think this is going to be a good year of college basketball. I think, you know, it's you can kind of tell pretty early on, at least with college basketball, how the, the season is going to play out. And um, it's always better when you have – Obviously, a couple of top top teams that are loaded, um, and you kind of have that this year, especially when looking at teams like Duke and uh, Kentucky once again, and, and some of those other the usual names. Yeah, the usuals. But when they actually yeah. have legitimate talent behind it, it's it makes it fun. And uh, you know, I think then obviously you have those those middle tier teams and seeing how they all develop and compete. Um, kind of with those upper echelon squads, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty yeah, man, it's excited a great, about it's that. It's a it's a great time for sports in general with college basketball yeah. being on NBA. Then we're we're still got you know a few weeks left of college football and NFL is like right in the right in the middle of that. So yeah, dude, it's uh, I'm excited for it to be back as well. I probably won't be able to give it quite as much attention to start as I would like to, but I'll, I'll ramp up coming into March. Yeah, and I, and I think it's something we talked about early on that we'll probably bring up in this, and we'll probably maybe try to have a segment or you know every week or maybe every other week on the happenings of NBA the college basketball. Too. Yeah, check out some of that because I mean that is one thing early on the NBA season that you talked about is that a lot of NBA scouts are hyping up this upcoming draft class and saying this is probably one of the best ones they've had in the last few years. Um, obviously, all those dudes are right now playing in college, so trying to evaluate those guys in our, the best ways our amateur scout brains can. We'll, we'll share some of that. But um, speaking of uh, something else that needs some help scouting, um, my out this week is Chicago Bears football. Um <laughs> I spent my my Sunday. It was so good two weeks ago. Yep, Three and weeks uh, ago. that's what that's what happens when you're uh, not a very talented team and you're playing a, a, a Buccaneers team off a of bye. You probably should beat. Um, I know we're not a football pod, but yeah, it was pretty sucky. So Bears football. And with the the crappy cherry on top of listening to David Deal do the game, who might be the worst broadcaster ever, um, he is a literally a talking cliche, um, just a vending machine of cliches is probably the way to describe him, uh, both in intelligence and in his ability to deliver a thought. And yeah, just was an ugly game. Uh, I'm surprised you're not out on him. Seems like you're more out on him than you are the Bears. Well, I was never in on David Deal, so to be out on something, I feel like you have to have somewhat been in on it before. Okay. Um, but I'm That's out fair. on the Bears 2016 season. Alshon Jeffrey just got suspended today for some PEDs, so shout out to that. Um, my boy Jay Cutler doing so good, but yeah, it was just. Uh, so good. Just a real yucky, sucky, all-around turd of a game that I decided to spend three hours of my Sunday enjoying, not enjoying, but enduring. <laughs> I'd say enjoying seems um, strong. So, 
thank God that uh, I have the warm embrace of NBA basketball to keep me going. Uh, but those are my soft other sports-related in and outs of the week. So, man, I think I can almost guarantee that I have something I'm out on more, and that is cable and internet providers. Mm. I I hate it. Like millennials out there, they're cord cutting. Good for you. I, I've I li- I've lived that life. Um, I am now regretting you haven't ever worked. signed up. You've never you haven't worked a day in your life. You know that you freaking millennial you. You know you should have been spanked more as a kid. You just yeah, you know, want everything given to you on a silver platter. You had to work for some stuff. You had to get nice and gritty and earn that cable. <laughs> you know, earn that earn those that Wi-Fi. You're just gonna get it. Jeez. PJ, I'm about to be out on you, man. Give me some credit here. Okay, so let. I have had cable for a year, and you should be able to just re-sign up for this without having to up your bill like 50%, and they're trying to like ram it up 80%, and it's driving me crazy. I like, it makes me wanna hop on the Sling TV bandwagon, like long story short, like if I could have gotten out of this, I would have, like Sling TV, I know you, I know you advertise on podcasts, like I'll advertise for you for free right now, like, just, just, just drive me nuts, dude. Hmm. I mean, I don't want to name names, but Xfinity, <laughs> they're uh, really Shut been up. a pain in my ass the last few weeks. So bless you. Thanks. But yeah, man. So on, on a much happier note, though, I'm 100 in on uh, college football chaos that ensued this past weekend. The number two, three, and four teams uh, in the nation were upset. Uh, the number three team and the most important of those upsets being the Iowa Hawkeyes over the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, being a Hawkeyes more importantly fan, than in that even is the amount of alcohol that was consumed in Iowa this weekend. Shout out to all of yes. those that broke the point two, two BAC. Some cracking into the point threes even mm. I mean, if there's ever an occasion to do it, it was this last Saturday night. If there's um, ever a time yeah, to man, die it's... from alcohol. I'm happy to see I'm I'm so excited for the Michigan Ohio State game in two weeks here because now it's gonna be two top five teams going at it. It's just like Rawr. a great unexpected college football weekend. So that was really nice. And you know, another thing and the actual only top four team that won was Alabama and I, one thing I thought was really cool and I've seen it before that they have a, they have a belt on the sidelines like a, like a WWE belt on the sidelines oh yeah no one else in professional no one else in sports has belts these days so that reminded me <laughs> obviously of WWE which also reminded me of who really likes WWE mmm yeah. Who would that be? Yeah. Yeah. Ultra. I. What is? Uh, you've caught me off guard. I'm not even ready for it yet. Damn it. I Come blew on, it. man. While I while I fill I'm gonna filibuster here while before while I get this next segment ready. Um, because you really caught me off guard. I'm kind of gotta say. I almost wanted to change my out because now that you you said that I kind of. The I'm almost out on on wrestling 
the wrestling belt because you're saying that so many other people have wrestling belts. Kevin yeah, Love man, had one. Uh. Like every NHL team has a like a belt or whatever that like that's a that's an oversaturated move. It's a it's you know get something different. Jeez, but hey, you want to Al- Alabama could do whatever they want. Roll damn tad. Um, hey, do you want to uh, just try to uh, feed me that that segment again? Do you want to try to uh, do that again? <laughs> well, G- give me that toss up. <laughs> give me that lead again. Okay. Yeah, man. So what I was trying to get at was uh, no, WWE's, no, no. Just you know, yeah, yeah. WWE, the belt. Some a big WWE fan was uh, rejoined uh, Civilization recently. Asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. Making a murderer's now, own. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Brian Dempsey's back, baby. <laughs> All right, we got it. Brendan Dassey was uh, a judge ruled that he should be immediately released from prison. So, for everyone up there in the, the great Wisconsin area, you're gonna best watch out. Brendan Dassey is ready to steal your cable and watch as much WWE as possible. He's gonna play a ton of PlayStation. He's been you know behind on that. Um, gotta gotta sure up some inconsistencies too out there. And uh, I think he needs a new pet cat. So, and what I really would like, you know, for WWE to really capitalize on its, you know, pop culture presence is that they need to get Brennan Dassey in the ring, and they need to be having him take on that sh- shitty defense lawyer, or whatever, for making a murderer, or his the shitty his ever. his defense someone. Like I think WWE needs to do Brennan Dassey right and get him some sort of feature lifelong fan you know you gotta what are you wwe if it's not for your your fans they're um you know fighting through prison and false accusations some may say yeah brendan dassey's got to make a monday night raw appearance within the next month otherwise this is just i mean we truly have lost america if he does not make that happen oh nothing else if Trump wants to, yeah, bring the, he wants to heal this country. Let's start the healing process by getting Brennan Dassey in that WWE ring. <laughs> hey, I hope it happens. Well, I'm sorry I caught you off guard, PJ, but we we got to we'll work out, on man. it. We got to go. We're working on. We're working but, on. It. Uh, yep. Another another good pod. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, some good games coming up this week. Oh, also shout out for D to D Wade for beating his old Heat. And his return yeah. to Miami this week. Yeah, yeah. You like that? It was, uh, oh, I, I, well, we can talk. I, you know, these Bulls are. They might. They're not going to make it easy for me. I don't think this year. Uh, that Heat win was not as easy of a, a victory as I thought it was should have been at points. But um, we got Dougie McCushions McCu- now, and <laughs> yeah. Um, Hopefully, you, hopefully hey, you get healthy. Hey, before before we go, I'm going to give a challenge to someone that I, I'm constantly yelling at my television for, and then you can read the, the credentials. Nikola Mirotic, if for some reason you listen to this podcast, you listen hard and you listen good, you best do something worthwhile on that basketball court this week while, while Doug is out because I swear to you that 
Seven heavens. <laughs> if I have to deal with your crap anymore, I'm just going to lose it. Just play good enough that the Bulls can trade you for something worthwhile. Jeez. Well, <laughs> PJ's out on a That's lot a showstopper. I'm you're so out. Next week, man. Damn. This is, hey, after the last week, I was, yeah, I was out on a lot. The only thing that got me through was I did actually watch uh, John Wick. That was a real nice setup. I watched, went and saw Doctor Strange. I mean, we were we were picking at picking out of thin air to try to find any positive notes. So, uh, all right, Ultra, you can read the the credentials. Tell the people what they need to hear. <laughs> Damn, dude. All right, well, we we gotta go, man. I can't go. I can't go in on on, on Doctor Strange right now. I haven't seen it. No, I know. Spoilers. Just um, do the housekeeping. Get the housekeeping and. Let's wrap this up. Otherwise, we're going to go another 25 minutes. All right, all right man. So, um, <laughs> you know, it was good games this week. Bulls, uh, well, Miritich will have a chance to get some redemption, at least from PJ. Uh, they play the Blazers tomorrow, Cavs versus Raptors, and the Raptors play again on a back-to-back against Golden State, like we said earlier. OKC plays the Rockets, which is always interesting with James Harden. Uh, Bulls versus Hawks, Giannis. You know that'll be. I don't think they have anyone that can really match up against him. They'll probably throw Tabo, 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 whatever. Adam a lot. Um, Rockets, Blazers, T Wolf, Sixers. So a little bead cat action towards the end of the week. It's gonna be a good week. Yep. Hopefully, we're optimistic. It can't be worse than last week. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But uh. As always, thank you for everyone for listening. Um, please check out our website, www.thepointforwardnba.com. Follow us on Twitter at the point forward. PJ and my Twitter handlers, tw- Twitter handles are at foolishkilla and <laughs> Ultra Jacobs. Uh, check out our Facebook page and please rate us on Stitcher iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. Um, and uh, thank you guys very much for listening. PJ, any last words, brother? I don't know. Give us a five star rating and tell us how we are really bad at speaking, at pronouncing things. Yeah, we'll, we'll work on it. Remembering players' names. We're gonna yeah. take this week. We're gonna regroup. But hey, bear with us, guys. Thanks again for listening.